0: talk to you today about uh, Jesus. I'll talk to you today about Jesus um, and entering into a place of his rest. Um, but, um, you know, Jesus, when we receive the Holy Spirit, uh, the Spirit of Christ comes to live inside of you. And you're now the temple of God. Um, Jesus lives in you. Jesus even said, it's better that I go away. Because when I go up to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And God is going to take up residence in you. We We are created from the heart of God. Your spirit is a seed of the thought and the emotion of the Father. You're a product of love between among the Trinity. And it was never his desire to be separated from you. And that's why Jesus came. He came to bring back lost sons and daughters to Papa. And this is the mystery. Christ living inside of you. The hope of glory. If Jesus really lives in you and I. See he's a jealous God. Everything else has to go. And when you let him in, when you receive his spirit, that burning love of the Holy Spirit is starting to melt away all of those things that have kept you from being yourself. And the heart of Jesus is for you to be the real you. Who you were created to be, and rest comes when we're being who we're created to be. You know, it's I don't know why we do it. I don't know why. That, that we try to create something for everyone to be like this or look like this or look like that. Because you're. I, I have two nieces and a nephew. And I'm, I'm not a daddy yet. But I look at these little kids like my own and I see how incredibly different they are. And when I try to, if I try to make one of them be like the other, it's oppressing them. And depressing them. Um, My niece, Daniela, she's, she is, uh, she's 12. And she, she likes to read, she likes to write, she's becoming a young woman, is not as excited to hang out with her younger siblings as she used to be. <laughs> um, she still loves me. She's not too cool for me, so I'm really excited about that. Um, but she's, she's, she's a bit more quiet. She's a bit more, um, she, I mean, she'll, she'll have a really long conversation with you, but she's not one to voice a really strong preference or opinion. Uh, but my little niece, Nika, really is. <laughs> And sometimes the first words I hear out of her mouth when I give her a big hug and kiss is, your breath stinks. (laughs) You smell like throw up. (laughs) Your breath smells like coffee covered up with mint. (laughs) These are direct quotes. (laughs) Of course, when you try to tell those things to her, she's a little sensitive. Um, <laughs> I learned that over Christmas. <laughs> so, okay, I need to not be as direct as you are because it hurts your little heart. Um, my little nephew—he's—he uh, loves fun. He loves life. He just thinks about ways to have fun, and he loves he. He just he's such a happy kid that he's really sensitive. Um, he's really sensitive, and when he uh, sometimes i don't I, I i actually i mean looking back, I was the really sensitive one amongst my siblings um, uh, and when he'll he'll just Start crying over various things, and and I'll just tell him stop, stop crying. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. You're, you know, and and his, I mean, he's the only boy with two older sisters, so he 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 needs some guys to be around. But uh, he he gets really sensitive. And uh, a few weeks ago, he was over at my house, and he was um, he just he was crying about every ten minutes over something. And at first, I'm just like this kid isn't disciplined. <laughs> but um, And then I just stopped. We were playing outside in my backyard on a little uh, swing. And, and I just stopped. And I just, are you okay? Are you okay? Is something wrong? And, and, and did something happen to you? Did you have a bad day? And, uh, and nothing was wrong that he could talk about. But when I just stopped and I acknowledged him, and just gave him a hug, and just said, "I'm I'm just sorry. I'm sorry that you're having a day like this." And I just hugged him and loved him. He was fine for hours. <laughs> um, why am I talking about this? Um, Jesus has made you uniquely. And he relates to you differently than he relates to me. Now, he's still the same. And that's where we get into a lot of error Um, when we start shaping God in our image and what we think he should look like. And uh, that's uh, where heresy comes from. But this, this bondage and oppression and distress that is over the people of God um, also comes from uh, trying to be an image that we're not. And as we gaze into the face of Jesus, two things happen. We see him for who he is, and we awaken to who we really are. Um, I was getting ready for this this uh, this message about entering God's rest, and um, let's go ahead and turn to Matthew eleven. We need to learn how to rest from Jesus. Matthew 11, verse 28. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Come to me, all who are tired and worn out and feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, there's, the place we really find rest is, is in, in learning how to experience rest is, is coming to Jesus. So that he can show us. Um, I, I was preparing this message and talking about rest and, and I, I thought, Jesus, you got to help me with this. I mean, almost every time I hear or read Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, I start crying. <laughs> because My heart needs the rest that he has to offer. And I was looking up scriptures about, because we hear the word rest a lot, and it's really kind of funny. And I was laughing during worship because I think the two messages for the body of Christ that I've heard more over the past year or two or whatever is um, arise and rest, (laughs) arise and shine. Lie down with me and be <laughs> at rest. Don't strive, but arise and go <laughs> and rest. <laughs> I'm like Jesus, you're like this. Is like sleepwalking is basically what you're telling us to do. And I just say. So, you know, there's, and we throw out the words rest and striving and, and things like that, and there's a lot of confusion around them. A, a, woo, even trying to say that word it was a um, little There's confusion around them, and, but, you know, I, so I, I went and looked up striving and rest um, in the Bible, and, and I found just kind of different meanings and uses of it. And I typed out all of these notes, and then I was going through them yesterday. And, and, um, going over them. I and after I got to a certain point, I said, this is really boring message. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to preach this. <laughs> I don't feel more rested <laughs> listening to this. Um, but I have them here in case, you know, I, I find something good, but, um, something just over this week is, is, is because, cause I'm like, Lord, Jesus has strived to enter the narrow gates." You know, he says. He actually even says in Hebrews, "Strive or be diligent or make every effort to enter His rest." And I'm just like, "Oh God, you got to help me! How do we how do we really rest in the way God wants us to? Because there's there's a couple of things I think the Lord wants to um, get rid of in in us is um, seriousness." Go. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. Serious go. And laziness. Wake up, wake up, wake up, rest. (laughs) Wake up, wake up, rest. What do you mean, Jesus? Okay, let's go to him and let's ask him. Because um, laziness is not good. You know how many verses and proverbs there are about how cruddy your life will be if you're lazy? <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, man, Solomon really... I thought laziness was a big deal. <laughs> and when we hear rest, we're like, awesome, I get to be lazy. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it says, if a man doesn't work well, he's going to be hungry for the rest of his life. <laughs> But he who is diligent, he's going to have influence before kings. He who is diligent will rule over people. Put it this way he who is diligent will have influence over people. But he who is lazy will be forced into slave labor. That's in the Bible. Where is it? Do, 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 um, We'll find it eventually. Um, oh, yeah. Here we go. Proverbs twelve twenty four. The hand of the diligent will rule. will have influence. God, I want to be in leadership. Be diligent. But the slack hand will be put to forced labor. Um... Some of us are so afraid of work that we run away from it completely, and then we get ourselves stuck in something that we don't like doing. <laughs> um, but um, um Jesus. So what are we talking about? What kind of rest are we talking about? Um, He calls us to be diligent. He calls us to be good stewards. Matthew 24 and 25. Stewardship. Take time to get to know me. Take time to invest in the people that I've called you to. Take time to... uh, Gain wisdom and, and use your money and your skill set properly. Um, sometimes we try to use other people's skill sets. And we wanna we, we saw somebody cool that we wanted to be like and and it's great to learn from people, but when you try to be them. You know, there's, there's this gold that God's put in your lap. And you say, no, Lord, I want his. And God said, I didn't make that one for you. That's not the one I called you to carry. And that's why it's heavy. Um... But Jesus, how do we rest? We've got to learn from Jesus, because He was surrounded by people that were weary and burdened. And he was in the face of serious all day. And he said, "Guys, you don't have to live your lives miserable." No, I'm holier if my face is like this. I don't know how many pictures I've seen of like speakers at conferences and stuff, and the like headshots, and the, the, the preacher is like. I don't wonder what that conference was about. Um, and. And God gets God gets angry about things. You know that, right? You know that Jesus weeps and gets sad over things. And there are things happening in the world that really break the Lord's heart. Um, and, And we want to feel what he's feeling about those things. And we can experience those same emotions. I've Had times where I'm in prayer and I'm actually in a really good mood. And then I'm talking to Jesus and I see him crying. And I kneel down beside him and ask him what's wrong. And then he starts sharing things with me about what he's feeling. Um. You know, true, true piety is being connected to the heart of God. Um, trying to look a certain way to people. Jesus, it, he doesn't like it, A. Um, and B, he's, he says, this is really wearing you out. Um, But what happened a lot is people would come up to Jesus and like, why is this guy so happy? Why is he full of life? Why is he? And and what happened with religious leaders is they saw this young up-and-coming preacher, Jesus, starting to gain more attention than them. And, um, and, 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 and they got jealous. And they put on their holy face again. This is holiness. <laughs> this is righteousness. This face right here. And Jesus is just... <laughs> life. Life. <laughs> And you know what he told the Pharisees? The religious people of his day that were really going for it. Had the word of God memorized. Fasted and prayed regularly. He said, you work so hard. You go all around the world trying to make a convert. And you put on them burdens that not even you yourself can handle. And you make them twice the son of hell as you are. Why did the prostitutes go to Jesus? Why did the the, the money extortioners run to Jesus? Why did the diseased and the lame run to Jesus? Why did the, the adulterers and the homosexuals run to Jesus? Because in his face was life. You know what fallen from grace is talking about? Fallen from grace is not backsliding into sin as we think of it. When Paul is telling the Galatians, You have fallen from grace, he is confronting legalistic burdens that they were trying to put on themselves and those around them. And you know what he said? He said, if I were still trying to please men, I wouldn't bother being a bondservant for Jesus. You know, a lot of our negative sense of striving comes when we're trying to look a certain way to somebody else. And um, at the judgment seat, that person's opinion of you is not going to matter. Um, Come to me, Jesus says. All who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. There's a lot of I, me, my. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul's. See, um, a lot of people can be at rest in their bodies and be getting a lot of physical rest, but their soul can still be busy in turmoil, anxiety, discouragement. And Jesus says, I want to give your soul rest. And you know what... So many, we see these throne scenes. The Lord, and, and, and usually when Ezekiel or Daniel or John are, are going up to the throne, um, there's a lot of turmoil going on in the world. But the Lord is seated, He is seated on His throne. And in Christ, we become seated in Him in the heavenly realm Um, and from that seated position he is invading a world of chaos and turmoil with righteousness and peace Um, but we've got to go what does this look like for my life Jesus I'm, I'm tired I'm worn out People be bugging me. <laughs> You've got to go to Jesus to learn how to rest. Okay. Um, I, I can give you helpful things, but you know Jesus is is going to come up to some of you, and he's going to he's going to lift some bricks off of your shoulders. <laughs> And he's going to lift some other people's anointings off of your shoulders that you weren't meant to carry. (laughs) God, I want his anointing. I want his anointing. (laughs) You look ridiculous when you're wearing that (laughs) You don't want that one. (laughs) Come on, Matthew. Come on. You know, um, there's some things God's going to put on you that you'll grow into, and that's okay. So you may look a little silly for a little while, um, <laughs> but don't put on somebody else's. Don't put on mine. You can't carry it. Um. Go to Jesus and learn from Jesus. You now I was sitting in the prophecy rooms here a couple of summers ago. And uh, Jen Robert, I love her. I don't think she's here right now. But um, she was on the team and she, she said, Matthew, I, I see all these bricks on your shoulder with different names and different things you're involved in and different this and different that. And, and, and the Lord, he's, I just see the Lord coming to, to take off some of those things. Each brick had a name. And she emailed me and named a few of them. I was like, yep. <laughs> yep. And the majority of, of the deliverance and inner healing I've gone through in this past year has been getting rid of burdens that don't belong to me. Um, and you know, you will, will be so much more productive. You know rest doesn't mean that nothing is happening. But when you're at true rest, you are carrying what Jesus has called you to carry and who Jesus has called you to carry. and you will actually be functioning more powerfully because you're investing your time and your money your relationships in the things that the Lord said this is what really matters right now Um, and when we try to take on something that's not ours the thing that is gets neglected And I think maybe that's some of what happened with the guy in Matthew 25, with the parable. He got one talent. Give me a dollar, Jesus, one dollar. (laughs) You give that guy five. I can't do anything with this. This isn't important enough. This isn't significant enough. I want that, guys. And he neglected what he had and he th- and here's another thing that gets us into a negative sense of striving. Because the, the word strive, some of the different words in the Hebrew and Greek, I found this, this quite interesting. Um, striving to, to, to struggle, to compete for a prize, to contend with an adversary. To endeavor to accomplish something, to fight, labor fervently, strive, diligence, effort, labor. And actually, most of what I found, it was used in a really positive sense. Um, but it would say things like, don't strive with someone who hasn't done anything to you. <laughs> don't pick a fight with somebody that isn't bothering you or isn't doing something that's direct, that isn't hurting you, you know, or isn't hurting anybody. Don't be quarrelsome. Don't strive with people. Quit bickering. But a good, um, well, actually, no, another, another bad striving was, was striving for an opinion from the Father that he already has of you. God loved us when we were enemies. When you were in your worst, most horrible, rebellious state, God's love for you was already settled. Stop. Stop trying to get something you already have. It's wearing you out. Um, and you know, we get in this funny mode that I've got to look a certain way, be a certain way, get my act together in a certain way before I can come to Jesus. No. He says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. And there is a sense of forsaking other things. When you come to Jesus... And I just mean, I'm going to come into his presence right now. I'm focusing my time and my energy and my affections on him right now as we're, as we're speaking. And, and as I focus on him, as I come to him in that way, um, the, my attention towards other things starts to fade away. And that's, in a nutshell, what repentance is. You're turning, not just from something, but to someone. Yeah. And when you come into the place of prayer, and I don't even just mean the place of prayer, talking to because we pray to try to get to God. That's, that's ridiculous. You come to him so that you can pray. You don't pray so that you can come to him. You come to him to talk to him. And when you come to him and start talking to him, you can be in his presence immediately, and you may feel it in different degrees at different times for different reasons and 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 but he's saying, "Come to me, come to me and and learn from me um, when I am going throughout my day, when I realize and, and this is I'm by no means perfect with this, but Jesus, Holy Spirit, grace, helper. Um, If I see that my attention has gotten its focus off of Jesus, just pause, get right back in. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I want worship team to come on up. there... uh, Whenever you feel like that you've kind of lost and just, I don't know what to do right now, go right back into the presence of the Lord by faith. You can go there. That is the only way you enter the presence of God is by faith because he's made a way. Um, and and what I want to do right now is, is um, the worship team is is coming up is, for us to stand, and Jesus uh, is is going to stand... I saw in worship, I saw him standing on stage. And he just... Whew, and he just kept blowing until all that extra stuff started falling off of our shoulders. Um, and so I, I want us to, to let him, to come to him in your heart. When I say come to him... I lock into his presence right now. He lives in me. So I'm turning inward. Jesus, here I am. You know, a lot of times we ask God to come to us, but he's saying, come to me. (laughs) I'm right here. (laughs) Come, come, come. And submit yourself and just say, Jesus, if there's any burden or anything on me that doesn't need to be there. Come remove it. And Lord that you would come and put on me what what is from you.